Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. Welcome to your action, 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 where did I get that thing? Good afternoon, I'll start again. Uh, welcome to your action, Old Firm Bulletin, where we're going to look at all things Old Firm. Uh, and, and on this Wednesday afternoon, the team, both teams are playing tonight and we've, and we've got a great chance to look back at Rangers' fantastic win over Dortmund, uh, Celtic going out of Europe. Aye, right stuff. Everybody knows what we're actually going to be talking about today. As usual, I'm joined by Colin, I'm joined by Brian, and we've got a new face on the Wednesday, uh, and it's Dan. Dan, how are you today? 
Good, mate. G'day to all the lads and everybody who's watching, been a fan of the show for a while and also, you know, the Celtic uh, content that comes out from over there. So now buzzing to be here and buzzing to uh, get back into the world of Celtic podcasting. Thank you very much, Dan, and it's great to have you on. Obviously, you're on today because of the news this morning, which, which was like confirmed that Celtic will be travelling to Australia in November to play in what has been named the, the Sydney Super Cup. And one of the teams that we are going to be playing is Rangers. Uh, what's, the view, what's the view in Australia for that? Because we'll come to the Scottish view just now, but what's the view in Australia? And then tell us exactly how do you feel about yeah, well, coming to Australia? Look, I understand the frustration from over there with um, the diluting of the Glasgow Derby, is what you'd, what you'd call it now. But, I mean, for us Australian Celtic fans, it's great news to wake up to. I mean, the rumours were rife last night when we all went to bed and then we all woke up this morning with the news. And then throughout the day, little bits of information being trickling through of the teams, Sydney, West Sydney Wanderers, and, yeah, the uh, tribute act over on the other side of the city of Glasgow. So... Look, I understand the frustrations of it, but f- for Aussies down here who haven't seen Celtic for, for 10 years or since they were out here in 2011, and waking up 2, 3, 4 in the morning at stupid o'clock multiple times a week, that's got to be taken into consideration where everybody else has the privilege of watching them twice a week in person. So I understand the frustration, but it is very exciting for all Celtic fans based in Australia and all the expats and Scots who live out here. Definitely, Colin. I don't think any of us have got any argument with that whatsoever. Eh? No, not at all. We've got no argument with that whatsoever. I think the, the 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 sticking point from us is Celtic have came out with this tag, not half of anything, and where we're completely and utterly in bed with the other side of the city, Colin. Yeah, I mean, I think there was always going to be, from the point that Ange was appointed, there was always going to be an Australian tour. We were just waiting on it. It was it was coming at some point. This just ties in perfectly with the fact that the World Cup next year is round about the same time. Um, and if you're an Aussie Celtic fan, then you'd be absolutely delighted. As, as Dan's saying, it's been about 10 years since Celtic's been over there. Um, I know for a fact you've got the supporters clubs in Perth and Sydney and Melbourne and all over the country that are rampacked every week at, as Dan's saying, stupid o'clock in the morning to to watch the game, so this is great for them. That being said, I think there's a way that we could have done it without having, as Dan says, the Tribute Act coming along with us for the ride. Now, what I did find funny about this was um, a bit of the furore that came out from uh, a Mr Andrew Dickinson, who maybe quite a few people on Twitter will know, who is supposed to be a partial, uh, sorry, impartial uh, Sky Sports News pundit, uh, who used to work for Rangers, and apparently this is on the same sort of timescale as their 150th anniversary. But it's not really, it's about, what, 12 years since they came back, but we'll say the 150th. So it, it's nice for Celtic to take them along for the ride um, and to to show them how much Celtic are loved down under and probably how much, Dan, you could probably agree, Rangers aren't that loved down under. Um, All I know is that there's been a few occasions in Sydney where... Uh, Celtic fans have gotten into a bit of trouble uh, at the local casino, things like that. A bit of history uh, in Sydney with a couple of riots. I mean, but does that really surprise you? No, but I mean, you're right, Kev. Sorry, guys. You're right, Kev. This whole 
trying to distance ourselves from in, in one instance and then bringing it back together on the second instance, it just doesn't add up to me. Like either either have it one way or have it the other. Don't just try and go whatever way the money's going. Stick to your stick to your gun, stick to what you believe in, and don't try and peddle us with some stuff like we're not half of anything unless there's two million pound on the table. <laughs> but but I, um, I, I I'm with Colin there. I absolutely love the fact that I've seen like other clubs do Australian tours. Liverpool have been there uh, a couple of times, and like we we went to Australia. I think it was ten years ago, and that and we have got a massive support down there. As at Axom, actually, I've seen the number of viewers that we've got for Australia actually grow since Ange Postecoglou has become has become the manager of Celtic. Eh? And on on a base level. I have no problem with Celtic going to Australia to play games of football. I have no problem whatsoever. My problem is is the damage this does to Celtic to be associated with the most toxic brand in world football. Aye, it's, it's, you need to look at this thing from a couple of perspectives. So, presumably, they're looking at it as an income driver. So, the credit capitalising the Australian market, I would imagine the Japanese market at some point would go over there as well. So that will make sense, as I've said. It's great to, to go to Australia and engage with our Australian fans. It'd be great for Ange. Um, and I think it's I think it's good for the club's profile in that regard. What I can't understand is why we're taking them. Now, some people might say, well, that's a bigger attraction. The the Glasgow Derby, getting a chance to see that game. But I don't think, I mean, Dan, you maybe be maybe answer this better. I've said it we're going there. And playing, you know, a series of Australian sides or maybe take someone from down south as the fourth member of this cup, would that have diluted it? Would people have went, oh, I'm not going to go bother see it? Surely the chance to go and see Celtic, even if you don't like them, you've not fancy a big club coming to Australia is enough to capture the imagination and thus the, the income they're trying to drive. Surely the selling point for Australians is as much Celtic, eh, it's as much as post to as it is Celtic. So just for rationale, do you think it would have made a huge difference if we didn't have them in it? Or do you think they're a key component to success? No, I don't think so because there were such decent crowds when they played the A-League teams 10 years ago. I don't know the decision behind why they're coming out as well. Uh, is there a large proportion of Rangers fans in Australia? I don't really know. I only know the sort of Celtic sides mentioned before about the 15 to 17 CSEs located in Australia. But What's interesting is, I don't know if it's been said over there, that this is a this is a double, the Sydney Cup is a double kind of competition now because they've signed it on for 2025 as well. So I don't know if that's going to be the two Sydney teams in 2025 with another worldwide derby that is going to bring two more teams to that. So I don't know if that plays into the decision-making. Uh, <laughs> Money-wise, was it a, if Celtic come, you have to bring Rangers as well? Was that part of the deal that the sort of tourism boards and and sort of the Sydney councils and things that, that brought this deal to the table, was that part of it? I I wouldn't know, and that's anybody's guess. See, this is, so that's kind, of, that's kind of my thinking. But then I'm thinking, what's the upside for Celtic in this competition? So the upside is income, is an income driver, it's brand exposure, as we've spoken about. That makes sense. What's the downside? Well, the downside, sorry, is the fact that we've now spat the fans' faces. So anyone that bought into this one club since 1888, 
that Celtic put out on Twitter or any of this or you'd want to call you nothing to do with them, let them do what they want. Celtic board are basically saying that's nonsense, we're really happy, Neil from the whole time, but we'll give you this wee nugget and you can chew on it and that can keep you happy. So it, it, it destabilises the relationship with the fans. Say we go over there, so you're going to have to play, now I'm not suggesting we play a shadow side because they probably want to respect these Australian people come to see it, but you're going to have to play a strong side in a really competitive game if it's a derby. So you're risking injury at your squad for something that doesn't mean anything. It's basically a friendly. You're also, what happens if Rangers win? So you've got Ange, the Australian hero, taking Celtic to Australia for a tournament and Rangers win it. What, what, in what state, what state I mean, is that a good decision? Because it's entirely possible that could happen. We're basically giving them the opportunity to go to your gaffer's home country where he's a hero and spoil the party. That's on us. And other than the, maybe the streaming sponsors have said, no, we want Rangers there as well. Is it worth the risk? Any of the business decision is based on risk versus reward. Is the money going to be that good that this reputational damage we're going to take, this potential sort of sport humiliation injuries, um, fans being fed up, is it worth it for the two million quid? I wouldn't have said so. And that's why it's a business decision as well as a sort of, um, I don't know what moral decision, but it's a, a footballing decision. It, none of it makes sense to me. It, other than going to Australia, which makes perfect sense, bringing them, I, I can't see why. Can I get you it? You can touch on, touch on further on your point there, which is something that probably nobody that, that has made this happen figure out or, or try and look at was I've experienced it over there. I was lucky enough to, to be over there numerous times, but the logistics of the fans, the segregation between fans, the stadium, that's something that Australians don't don't understand that how fierce the rivalry can be. And that's another downside, you know, like you said, Rangers win. Next thing they're in the city, you know, on the drink and next thing there's fights and, and riots like we've never really seen. So it's a whole other conversation, the logistics of it as well. I think as well, I think there's a business point here and I didn't want to get, I don't want to like, I don't want to get too much into like what potentially could happen, crowd trouble and that could happen. I think it's just the fact that we are aligning ourselves with a brand, a club who we've spent 130 odd years trying to distance ourselves from. And the first opportunity it gets to make big money, we'll go, yes, I will do it. We'll actually go to Australia and take and take Rangers with us. And you can actually see from the from the the advertising that's came out. I mean, they're not even getting spoke about in the advertising that's come out. It's all Angie's homecoming. It's all what he'd done in the A-League when he was there. And it's, it's it's all about Celtic and it's all about Angie. It's all about his history with the A-League. And I, I, I didn't like talking for Rangers fans because I'm never in their mindset. But surely, Colin, they can't like that. Surely they can't like that. No, I, I don't think they will. Um, and I've already seen some complaints on Twitter about, as I said, it's sort of tying in with the the sort of uh, 150th anniversary that they're going on about um, and the, the whole focus on everything coming out from this tournament being about Ange and Ange ball and Ange coming home and this is uh, welcome home Ange and all this, right? That that would be quite disappointing if you were a Rangers fan to look at that and say, well, why do you want us there? Well, it's, that's the thing, Brian, that's what we are talking about earlier. Why do they want us there? Now, this tournament itself, right, 
this tournament itself isn't so much of a big deal. What the, the issue that it comes down to with this and is what we've seen by um, Celtic Shared on um, Twitter the other day is this is just another example of knowing that it's a, a thing that will annoy quite a, a large element of the Celtic support and the Celtic support not being consulted about it beforehand, considering what happened last year and how distant the relationship was between the board and Celtic Football Club and its fans. And when you look at it, it's as almost as if you go, well, do you know what? Last season's now been forgot about. We can just go back to making the decisions and then everybody will just, might not disagree, they might not agree with us, but we'll just keep winning on the park and if they'll forget about it and we'll move on, we'll kick a can down the, the line. I, I think the Celtic boards have looked at this and saw, as Brian says, a business opportunity and they haven't actually considered what the reaction will be to it. Fans, as a Sydney fans, as a, a Melbourne fan, they will be delighted at the fact that they're getting to see their team come into the to their backyard. And I don't disagree that there'll be 60, 70, 80, whatever the, the stadium holds, Dan. I think it's about 80-odd thousand, isn't it? There, there was inside word today that the might switch from there to from Homebush, where it is, is sort of about 20 minutes outside the city in West Sydney, uh, which is the biggest stadium. But they, the talk is at Allianz, uh, the new Allianz Stadium in the city, is going to be the the game for for the Celtic Rangers in Sydney. I I, I don't know. I think even if they played it at the Gabba in front of a hundred thousand people, <laughs> get out in there. Um, I think the the fact that like so John Paul Taylor didn't really know about this before it was promoted as well. There's something just not quite right behind the scenes, and I think Celtic could do with just coming out and saying this is why we're participating, this is why they're participating, and just at least offer a bit of clarity to the fans. It does offer a bit of clarity, but you're never going to get any clarity from our board, Colin. Um, that's that's one of the other the other bigger problems that we've actually got. I'm going to bring up this comment from Wilster92, who's commenting on Twitch. Purely for a football perspective, this diminishes what the match actually is. The Oz fans will be buying tickets to an exhibition. The only way to experience it for real is in Glasgow when something's, when something's at stake. Couldn't be more raging with the club at the moment. Dan, I'll come to you with that. The, the, are the Oz fans quite happy that they won't be buying tickets for an exhibition? Oh, 100%. The, the group chat's already fired up today. Um, how are we going to get tickets? I myself have sort of joined the Western Sydney Wanderers and Sydney FC social pages trying to get a, a, a ticket. But the bloke brings brings up a great point. I mean, again, lucky enough to, to be at a, a, an old firm, as it was called back then. And there was it's still nothing, called, nothing will compare. It still is called old firm. We may as well just get back to calling it the old firm. We may yeah, as well. Exactly. Exactly right. So, I mean, I was only 18 and the pure brilliance and the atmosphere, the hate that went along with it was amazing. And you'll never replicate that here. And, again, I understand the frustration of diluting it, but there still will be something to the game. However, it's nothing will compare. Nothing will compare, Colin, eh, to, to a game where there is actually something at stake. But I'm just trying to think that there's so many, there's so many of these uh, so many English teams go on these pre-season tours and that, but I've never, I've never seen a Manchester. Has there, has there been a Manchester derby abroad? Yeah, there's, there's, there has sadly, been. Right? Sadly, those those kind of games have sold themselves out as well. You saw it was they used to go to Singapore and Dubai and 
uh, America and stuff like that, and they, they play each other. And it's all about the commercialism and it's all about the money. Um, but at the end of the day, the games mean absolutely nothing. And to turn around to a Celtic fan and tell them that a game against Rangers means nothing, that's just unheard of. That that game, uh, when that game goes ahead, every single Celtic fan, every single Rangers fan will want their team to win. They'll want a, a bone-crunching tackle. They'll want fantastic goals. They'll want to be winning 5 nothing at half-time. They want the competitiveness. I don't know what it's going to be like for a, a sort of friendly thing. I thought this tournament might go more along the lines of the Leon tournament a couple of years ago where both teams are in the country, but they wouldn't play each other. But it doesn't seem as if that's the way it's going to go. It doesn't, it doesn't seem that's the way, the, the way it's going to go, Colin. I'm just trying to think of other examples. I mean, obviously the Manchester derby for, for some people in Manchester is not the biggest game where Manchester Liverpool, Manchester United Liverpool is a bigger game. And I can't remember them playing on another continent or, or, or anything like that. Brian, you, you're based down south. You're actually based down south. How, how, do you, how does your uh, English Premier League support and friends actually handle these pre-season tournaments? What, what what are their thoughts about their teams travelling off all over the world to play league rivals? Because I can remember watching a game, Wolves were playing Leicester in Thailand in, uh, at one point last season. Eh? Eh, so uh, do they just accept it's part and parcel of the game now? Yeah, I think so. But I mean, look, without disrespecting my, my English cousins, um, the, the, the rivalry, there's no rivalry like the Glasgow Derby, there's no rivalry like the Celtic Rangers thing, so you talk about Manchester, United, Liverpool now, even that, apart from your hardcore fans, isn't what it used to be, they could play a friendly girl and no one would care, you get them, you know what I mean, you see them in community shield games and they're both playing kids, it's not going to matter, I mean imagine Celtic go to Australia and decide to play the, the B squad against Rangers and they get battled 7-0, does anybody think that could be a good idea? Like, I keep coming back to the commercial side of things because I, I'm trying to think of, from the Celtic Bulls' perspective, what is the rationale for these decisions? And Dan mentioned it, so they've got the, the Alliance Arena they're building in Sydney. So surely, you know, um, they could be a team that's sponsored by them. Surely they got a German team or, I don't know, something like Arsenal to come along. Or just, there's other teams we could have been playing. For, for, and the fear is, if you look at because the reason I'm kind of riled about this is because it presents a wider problem of how our, our game's perceived in Scotland. So, Celtic Rangers aside, no one cares, right? And again, living in England, I'm batting off. I'm defending as many Scottish teams as I can against accusations that were rotten, right? Um, so I get it. Sky has no respect for the Scottish League other than the, the Celtic Rangers games, really. We've, we've spoken about that before. If you take those games, which are marketed as the fiercest, Deadly rivals, you get Danny Dyer on talking crap for a half hour, but it was all kicking <laughs> off and all this nonsense, right? That's how we're marketing that. And that's the selling point for Scottish football. And I'm saying, but sometimes we play friendlies. Does anybody think that's good? It's not, you're diluting the the, 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 the best thing, the most marketable thing about your game, but doing all of this. You're taking away that importance, that sort of uh, reverence that it holds, even for the neutral van, by, by sort of trivialising it as a, a friendly an exhibition, which it is, right? I mean, you could win, you might win the Sydney Cup, and I dare say it would be contested, but if we're honest, you don't have to rush your best players for it. I look at this at this stage, it just, it's going to make it worse. It, it just is. So people will be thinking we're overreacting to this decision because they say, oh, it's just a money spinner. But it's not. It's about the, the fact that it's going to cost us reputationally, I think. 
I think we're, we're splitting the fans' faces by doing this. Obviously, we're suddenly the old firm again after 10 minutes we weren't. And I think it just what it does is it opens up wider chasm of the fact the board is zero communication or zero respect for a lot of the fans, in my opinion. I th- I th- again, eh, I, mean, I, I think that's the problem. We do not have any problem with Celtic going to Australia. We do not have any problem with Celtic taking part in these pre-season tours. We've seen it for years. We've been to Japan, we've been to Australia. And the fact that the World Cup's in Qatar, which is a whole other different conversation that we could, that, that, that we could actually have, gives, gives the opportunity for, for Celtic to actually explore these markets, if we, if we want to actually talk uh, the, the business speak, Peter comes in, and Peter is, is Australian. I don't see what the issue is. I've watched Real Madrid v uh, Real Madrid v Manchester City in Melbourne. Over the years, I've seen Juve, Liverpool, Man United, Celtic, AC Milan, AEK Athens, and Everton all play in Australia. And I think all four of us here all understand that is part of the modern game. What we're here and what myself personally, I actually feel like a bit of a bit of the Celtics in my heart and my soul actually died today with this announcement. And some folk will say I've overreacted there, but the fact is, everything, all the values that I thought the club maybe still had, this is a line that I never thought they would actually cross. This is a line where that they're actually engaging and taking a. A toxic brand, which is the old fun, is a toxic brand to a, to another country. And I understand everybody saying it is just part of the modern game. But but apart from El Clasico, because Natasha actually comes in and says Barcelona and Real Madrid have actually played each other abroad. For mm-hmm. me, this is this is for me the club has overstepped the mark with us. They have overstepped the mark on back of I can list a whole I can list a whole load of things like Res Twelve, like the Bernard Higgins stuff. Uh, they're treating the they're treating the support with contempt, and I would actually call the board to run your club tone deaf tone deaf idiots if they actually believe that this is a good idea. If 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 they actually think they're going to get away with this with a certain section of the support, a large section of the support, but. As I'm sitting here, I can see the people's comments. I take Dan's point of view on board that it's a game of football getting took to another country. And are, are we, Dan, are we maybe adding weight and baggage to this game that it doesn't deserve? Look, again, if I put if I put my Scottish frustration hat on, I can totally understand with the board. But does it surprise you? Is this the... Is this the the breaking of the camel's back, so to speak. I mean, this is the same board that locked people out. It's the same board that uh, sanctions the Green Brigade yet flogs their photos in the shop. It's the same board who appointed Lennon without looking at any other CVs in the shower, you know what I mean? Does it really surprise you that the board thinks that the fans are mugs? Not not really. Again, I understand the frustration, but it's, it's not surprising really. Is this surprising? I just think that this makes... Colin, I just think this just makes this game a genuine freak show. And I, I, I just think it does. Uh, sorry to anybody who's going to now buy a ticket to this freak show, as Kevin now puts it. Um, it's a circus. Look, let's, let's, there's one thing that kind of concerns me about the whole thing is if this becomes something that we see happening more and more often, and now we've had the Leon tournament where we were both participating in it, we're now going to have the um, the Sydney Cup where 
Um, we're going to be facing each other at it, potentially again in 2025 as well, as Dan was saying. We've all, I mean, there's been so much speculation about if Scotland, if Celtic wanted to leave Scotland, they could just be accepted into the Premier League or they could be accepted down south. We don't have to worry about Rangers as well. I think what you're seeing now, Kev, is what a lot of people's been saying for a long, long time is you're not going to get one without the other. So this connection, you see why they register the trademark because you're going to make so much money off it. You see why they're doing things like this together because it seems as if you can't have one without having the other. And that's the bigger concern down the line. This whole, um, we're not half of anything unless it suits us financially. That's the bit that they missed out in that statement. Definitely, and I'm going to bring up this with CSE67 who actually commented, it's just a game of football in close season. There's wars going on in, in crap all over the world. Let fans who have never been to a game go to a game grow up. I, I don't think I need to grow up. It's, I'm just giving you my opinion, my, my emotional reaction to this. But I've, I've, got, I've got no... I've got no truck in the matter that Dan's getting to see Celtic. I've, I've got no... That doesn't bother me one little bit. It's what Colin points out, Brian, is we we are being associated with a club that we've... which we've says, and our major shareholders actually say, we do not need. And that well, is where I've got the problem. Yeah, so I've been reading the comments as well, and I think there's a couple of people missing the point. So I can't remember who it was because the names go quite quickly, so apologies, but somebody was saying it's just capitalism. You need to make money. I get it. It's no, what it is is you need to understand it's not about the tournament itself. It's not about going to Australia. It's not about taking advantage of these markets. This is what we should be doing. That's the good thing. It's good for guys like Dan and his Australian uh, friends to go and see these games. That's what we want. The question we're having is why do we take Rangers? Because everybody's saying, oh, well, we're going to make money out of it. But so are they. And out of the two is who needs more money. So these are issues. Why is our board catering for them? It's a question. So I get at this point, we know it's only a game, we know it's only a, a, a sort of pre-season tournament. The issue is why are they there? Why is it why are we suddenly linked with, with Rangers again as if for the old form when we were so determined to know we? It's it's the, the deeper level. So I get what people are saying. Somebody's saying we're going to be winning a cup, we're still playing for a trophy. If, if the Sydney Cup's going to count as a quadruple treble or whatever, it was a good luck arguing that one, right, without disrespect for the Sydney Cup. But I just think people are telling us to calm down and it's not that important. I think you're missing the, the point because the same people that are telling us to calm down are being describing the game as Glasgow derbies ever since that tweet, one club of the eight started. So we've, we've, got to, we've got to think about this rationally. Again, the, the way the point is the disrespect to the ball to the fans. And, and I... I dare say we're going to talk about it again tonight. Somebody's still shouting at me, but it's just it's just the, the wider point. We're not having to go to the Australians or the, the, the club for taking advantage of market opportunity. We're asking the question why take Rangers? Why benefit them? Do you think that's something that will benefit them? There's a couple, there, is a, there is a couple of points that'll have come in, but Brian, I've got to remember. Do you not remember winning the Wembley Cup? What a great weekend that was when we went to Wembley and won that tournament against against Spurs. Eh? That was that was, that was a fantastic. Yes, I mean they still played that round about Celtic Park every so often that Wembley Cup because they've never played it since, so we've got to keep that Wembley Cup. Uh, Dave Bradley comes in. Oh, we're going to Australia, Kev. Calm down, get the trunks out. He didn't want to, he didn't want to see <laughs> you. Know, you, 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 you that son. He's the you, 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 you
<laughs> uh, aye, no, you wouldn't want to see me wear, wear, wear a pair of, pair of trunks on, mate. Ozzy Adam, you guys need a, rela- a reality check. It's a club for all supporters, not just one that live in, live in Scotland. Ozzy Adam, we actually fully agree, we actually fully agree with that. Uh, Tom Callahan comes in, there's quite a few commenters <coughs> like this. I think I'm in the minority with, with not really bothering about this. It, that, that, that's Everybody's got their own opinion on this. Uh, Underwater cabbage salesman literally could have taken any other club. Terrible PR trying to grow the global band and invite Rangers. That's a whopper of an oxymoron. I'm fully on board with that comment, actually. Matthew Wright comes in, obviously, the club across the water. Rangers have made a statement. Rangers statement says this tournament, which we play two games in, will be worth an entire season in the Premiership. If true, surely it will be good for the rivalry in the, the long run. I'm not really bothered about the rivalry. If that's true, then it shows how it's been an easy decision for the board to put their fingers in their ears and go, we're taking the money and winning colony. Well, here's the interesting thing, Kev. It says two games. Everybody's jumping on the fact that it could be Celtic plays Rangers. It could be Celtic plays Western Sydney and Celtic plays Sydney FC. There might not be a game to contest about in the end of it. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I know what actually noticed that only says two games, eh? There's, there's, there's never been a clarification on this. I, I just think that it doesn't matter whether you play them or we play it or whatever, right? It's just the, the whole association fact. It's nothing at all to do with the cup, but it's just the, the association. Dan, maybe you can give us more information from, from um, Australia. Is it guaranteed that Celtic are playing Rangers? Because if, that, if Matthew's Rangers statement is true, they're saying that they're only playing two games. Look, there was a lot of conflicting reports throughout the day. The The most interesting thing I took out of it was the organisers touted it as come down to Sydney for a, a long weekend, five days of, of, of fun, really. So I think it would be three to four matches overall uh, over the five days. So that's all I've taken out of it. I haven't seen a confirmed Celtic Rangers, but it, it's, it's, in, it's on the cards. As on the cards. Um, AJSC Technology. I was at the Wembley Cup. Samaras was brilliant. Samaras was absolutely brilliant that weekend. But I got to see an unfit Messi playing against Spurs in the other game. was a great day out. Uh, I, I, was a great weekend that weekend as well. No, no remember, but we went to the Rotterdam tournament as well. Eh? And we, who was that against? Was that Feyenoord? And I can't remember the other team that was in the Rotterdam tournament. But did we not win the Rotterdam tournament? No, we didn't win the Rotterdam tournament, we didn't. 
Aye, look, this 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 is going to rumble and rumble because it has caused a division within the support. I'm a, I'm I'm actually pleased that there's a lot of Celtic uh, there's a lot of Celtic fans who are taking it at face value of what it is, and maybe I'm not as as got as emotional as what 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 I've got round about it, and that, that that's their want, that's their want as well. I just think again that the. The folk who have made this decision should open the door of Celtic Football Club and walk and carry on walking and carry on walking and then they come back. But let's move on. We've got a game tonight, lads. A game against it. We've got a game tonight. We've got a game tonight. It's not in Australia. It's not against Rangers. It's against St. Burn at Celtic Park. Dan, I'm going to cut I'm going to come to you. Are you going to be watching the game this evening? Uh, it's just ticked over midnight now, so I dare say in a few hours I'll be up again to, to watch the game. Uh, Selby TV special with the brilliant commentary that we get provided every week on that over here. Jerry um, and Tom? Yeah, look, it, yeah, yeah, Tom, Tom Boyd, uh, red card for everything, penalty for everything. What a man. <laughs> um, look, it's, it's been dire the last few games. I mean, we're in such a a good run of form and then I don't know what's happened. Our our star players, our Hitardis, our Rogic has gone off the boil. Rogic, the goat of obviously the best of all time. He's just gone off the boil, something severe and hopefully we can turn it around um, tonight or this morning and um, get a bit, of, a bit of form going into that Livy game because that's that's over the horizon as well. Uh, it's a, the Livy game, I know it's quite hard for, for your mind for your mind not to actually go to the, the Livingston game. But Colin, like it or lump it, the point that we got at Easter Road by five o'clock on Sunday was a decent point, eh? Uh, it was a lot better point than when it was trying to come out of Easter Road on Sunday and go across that wee bridge. Honestly, that that was probably one of the worst 90 minutes we've played this season. Um, there was just a lack of creativity. There was a lack of... <sighs> There was a lack of flexibility in the team and what I mean by that is when you look at every single cross that came into the box, every single cross was up high. There was barely a cross that went along the box. You take a look at where Mieda has scored some of his goals for Celtic. It's getting in behind defenders. It's getting in at the front post. It's the same with Abada as well, getting in at the back post. Instead, we just lofted everything and they had three big centre-halves in there that just, it was meat and drink for them. Absolute meat and drink. They barely broke sweat. So I think we, we need to try and change it up a wee bit um, tonight. We're going to come up against a St Mirren side who, again, will probably put a back five and then a five in front of that as well. Um, the, the one thing that is quite important for us tonight is that their star player, Connor Ronan, is missing. He was sent off at the weekend. Um, so the, they've not really got that creative output anymore. Um Again, they've got the likes of uh, the Wolf up front, big game in Brophy, someone that always tends to pop up and score a goal against us now and again. Um, look, we played them at the start of the season. It's not going to be the same result as the start of the season, but we need to play to our strengths and stop trying to fit sort of round holes and square plugs. Like Maeda is someone who needs the ball to his feet. He needs a ball in behind. He's not going to be able to jump 10 feet in the air and score a, a fantastic header. Watch him do that tonight now after me saying that, mind you. Um, but let, let's play Jota, Abada. If Jack Amakis is fit for me, he starts. He would be the one to lead the line tonight because I, I do think he's the one that creates the amount of space for Jota and Abada to get in behind. What we're seeing from 
Abada, eh, sorry, from Jota at the minute, is he's coming back into the squad. He needs that goal. He's not got that goal that gets him off and running. You saw it at the start of the season as well, where he was kind of cutting inside, firing shots over, 20, 30 yards out, and then he got a goal. He got the goal up at Aberdeen, he got the goal at Motherwell, and it, it put him on a run. I think he needs that again, because he, you saw someone who, at the weekend, was pretty low on confidence. Could get by players, but his final product was pretty poor. So we are going to need to step it up tonight, big time. I think there'll be some changes in the midfield as well. Um, but what we have to look at this as, this is, what, 10 games to go now. We need eight victories to secure the title. You're talking about eight in a row to win the title. When you look at the run of games that's ahead of you, that's not impossible. You take them one at a time. You manage to get away with one at the weekend there. We didn't lose any ground and there was a, that's another game off the books. You just have to keep going and going and going. One game at a time, three points, concentrate on that. Then you can do whatever you want with the squad once the three points is in the bag. But stop talking and changing. Put your best team out. Get the three points secured. Let's get back to the way that we were just after the January break and come out firing and put them on their backsides after 10 minutes. Call, uh, Brian Collins talking about there. We've got eight games. Eight games. Uh, I'm just mere, I'm just mere looking to win the game tonight. Um, for me, we've looked like a, a collection of good ideas since uh, for, uh, for Aberdeen, and those ideas haven't really come to fruition in the last couple of games. I think if the performance comes, the win comes, and I'm looking for a decent performance tonight. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a, it's a very honest thing to say, but the performance is key tonight, isn't it? Because, of course, you want the result, but we need to be a bit better. I, I'm not quite as concerned about things. I think, like, you know, yeah, we're only very good against Hibs, but I didn't think Hibs looked like they were going to win. I didn't think we looked in much danger. And I still think we created enough chances. I think if we've been more clinical, we still would have won. So I don't think it's, it's quite as bad as it might have been. I think it's just maybe in comparison to uh, the rising expectations based on some of the other performances. Um, so with that said, I, I think that there has to be a, a change in play tonight just in terms of energy levels. I think O'Reilly has to start with Hatati. I know Hatati's been a wee bit off the boil, but he is kind of covering for 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 Big Roger because he's he his pressing is good enough. You saw um, at one point they were passing the ball and he sort of jogs back and he's not quite buying into it now quite as much. So you need Hatati and O'Reilly given that because if they're both chasing people down with energy, it gives each of them space depending on who's pressing and you can McGregor dictating. I think Jota has been a wee bit low in confidence as well. He he's kind of you know putting balls into there, and it wasn't really like him. So again, if he cuts back into form, you know we'll be okay. I think Mieda. If they know that I've not been sold to Mieda yet, I, I know he's just in the door. I know we need to give him a chance, but he's a wee bit of a concern for me because he, he gets into decent positions, but he's he's not composed at all in front of goal. Um, so he's a concern, but I don't think. Um, Yakimakis will start tonight. Right? Well, Postgol they said he won't start tonight, but then he might be. The big man does like a fib, to be fair, as we found out lately. So um, we, we don't know, and I think I'd keep the back four the same. I just think we, we, we're in a wee bit of a long form, but that'll come back. We've, spent, we've had so many challenges over the, the season, and so many times a bit of frustration, we've dug it out, um, and, and I think we'll be fine tonight. I'm actually more concerned about Livingston 
than I'm about the game tonight. But as you say, Kev, you need to win the, each game as it comes. You can't take. Well, actually, last time we took St. Mirren for granted, they, they do. They had all their kids out playing. So, yeah, we need to just go win um, and see where we go. But I do think that. The, the energy levels are really important. We need to get that aggressive press because we didn't look aggressive enough in the middle of the park. But, and I, I don't, I'm not blaming it all on Roderick, but there was an imbalance when he's not performing. Similar to the way when he is performing, he's like two players. He's incredible, but he's not performing. He has a player down for me. So um, we're not in a position we can miss that now. I'll, I'll go to Dan about uh, Tom Rogic at the moment. Natasha comes in to tell us Rangers have confirmed we're playing each other. Uh, they've got the bunter now, and they've actually re- they've actually requested that Celtic only get eight hundred tickets. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> Dan uh, what do you think about uh, Tom Rogic? There's a train of thought across here that he's looked a bit sluggish since coming back from international duty. Yeah, I really don't know what's happened in the last few weeks because before that, it was vintage Tom. I mean, as I said earlier, the greatest of all time. I mean, the rejuvenation under Big Ange is just, yeah, amazing. I mean, just old Rogic, back to doing Rogic things. Uh, I, again, don't know what's up with him lately. He looks, like you said, tired. Maybe it's probably the jet lag and his lungs he left back in Russia. That's every second joke on uh, on Twitter. Um but apart from that, I mean, Rogic has been phenomenal at the start of the season. Three quarters, him and him and Turnbull carrying the team at the start of the year when we had not much else in the bank. And to see him sort of dip in form, it, it breaks my heart. I have a shrine upstairs dedicated to Tom, and we all do. We're all, every Australian has a Tom Rogic shrine in their house somewhere. I mean, what would you do in the midfield? Do you think uh, Matt O'Reilly should actually start tonight rather than, yeah. rather than Tom Rogic? Yeah, I'd stick O'Reilly. I mean, it's 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 not going to be a, a deterrent having him over Rodgers. I mean, it's like for like kind of. I'd have O'Reilly, Hatare, and, and McGregor. I'd like, to, I'd like to see Dembele get some minutes tonight. I think mm-hmm. it's an opportunity. I mean, he's been on the bench the last few weeks. And if um, Big Jacko gets on later on and takes his shirt off, we're all in for a win. <laughs> Definitely, Colin. What's your midfield for tonight? Uh, so I'm looking at the um, the St Mirren midfield and I'm looking at who they're playing and over the last couple of weeks they went with um, the kicking team of Alan Power and Gogic in the midfield which suggests there's going to be a lot, a lot of fouls um, and probably we'll give away as many somehow because we always do but they're, they're going to come here to try and kick us off the ball tonight with that being said I would like to see O'Reilly playing in the number 10 and in behind that I would be half tempted to go with McGregor and Idaguchi. I think I'd like to see McGregor pushed up a bit more I don't know what it is over the last couple of weeks but I just don't think he's been able to get into that um, sort of holding midfield role maybe it's because we've not really needed it because we've been sitting so far up the park that We've not needed McGregor to come back to try and intercept the ball and to get the ball going forward. I think if we get Edigucci in there tonight, or, I mean, lo and behold, there's always throwing in someone like Nier Beaton or um, McCarthy, but that's very unlikely to happen. Um, at least McGregor can use his pace and energy to sort of build the play further up the park. I think when he's playing in the sixth role, it suits us when we're playing teams like uh, Hearts, Hibs, Rangers, Aberdeen, because they are teams that are going to come out and have a go at us. But I just think a game like tonight where we're going to be trying to break down 10 men 
then playing McGregor further up the park is a better option and let Idiguchi come in and play in that um, holding midfield role. Uh, Craig Cairns comes in. I would play beat on with McGregor and O'Reilly. That comes in. That backs up what you're saying there, Colin. Um, David Bradley. He's directed his question to me, but I'm going to ask Brian and I'll, I'll come to you as all. What do you feel about Kalmak? I feel he's been below par. What I would say on Sunday, I thought Brian, I thought Callum McGregor was the only midfielder that got past Marks because he was trying to drag the team forward. And for me, I think he showed a true captain spirit. Maybe it didn't actually work, but he was trying to actually create and drag the team up the pitch and actually inject a bit of life into us in the final third. Yeah, I think so. I, I kind of just back to my earlier point. I think McGregor said they cover a lot more ground because there's not been energy in midfield, and that sort of diminishes what he's doing when he's sort of making play. So I, I think maybe his performances have suffered, but I don't think it's his fault. I think he's he's trying to do too much. He looked a, it looked a lot better um, when O'Reilly came on, and you know when we look at how Ange plays in his system, the system's almost more important than the personnel at times. Because if the system works, the team plays. The problem was the dynamic wasn't great in the midfield against Tibbs, which meant the system wasn't really working. So the turnover from back to front wasn't as smooth. And McGregor's key to that. So I think when, I think you're right, he did play pretty well against Tibbs eventually, but I think it was due to the when you know, like O'Reilly came on and added a bit more energy to the midfield and stuff. And I think um when the centre-halves come out and just get the ball too quickly. He's more effective. But I think sometimes he was pushed too far up that centre-backs were trying to run with it and then sort of going back and passing each other at times. So there's other factors at play in terms of Kalmak's performance. I don't think it's it's really fair to, to pin it specifically on his form. I think it's there's, there's other things, other dynamics in the team that aren't quite working. Um, but that being said, even even a Cal McGregor at 75% is still 25% better than most players. So I'm still having and and he's a captain. So the captain. <coughs> um, but actually, in a rare occasion, um, I'll agree with Colin, actually. I'll reconsider actually bringing Gucci in. Might be good to give that wee bit of extra drive and push Cal Mac forward. So, so there we go, big man. I got your back. Yes. <laughs> used to agreeing me two used to agreeing me each other is kind of that, that that's it's bad that's news for you, Kev. That's bad news for you. <laughs> Dan, that means Dan that means me and you are not going to need to fall out. Um, <laughs> sure. that, 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 that's that, that's the way it works. John John Johnny Ryan comes in, don't agree Calmac has been getting a free pass. Dan, what do you feel about that? I don't think Calmac gets a free pass. I think with me. Cal McGregor, his level of performance sometimes goes unnoticed, uh, and I think, and, and I think, like you're not meant to agree with me there. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, no, I think I think his level of performance he sometimes goes unnoticed because we're that used to him performing at a seven, eight, out of ten le- level of the week, but. When I look at the Celtic midfield, and I think Ange Postacoglu's, we've been poor over the last couple of weeks because our midfield's actually failed, and that's because there's been a drop in form of the Atati, O'Reilly, and, and, and Rogic. Oh I, I don't, I, I, I don't think that can be laid on Callum McGregor. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox 
Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. No, I, I, I can't disagree with you, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sack, sack him, get him out of the club. He's rubbish, run him out of town. Um, I mean, there's not much more to add from the last point where if the cogs aren't working, if, if Calmac isn't, isn't there crossing the T's, dotting the I's, like it goes unnoticed because the other two cogs, the Ahatadati and Rogic, O'Reilly Rogic, are the two other cogs that make it work so well in the system. And if those two aren't working, is Calmac doing more work? Is those two bringing him down to their level? And ultimately, he's not the Calmac that we're used to. So if the other two are performing, then, you know, Calmac will go unnoticed, but he'll be doing his thing and and the team will be functioning a lot better. I think that became quite evident on Sunday at Easter Road. When you take a look at like Hibs were coming forward, Calmac was the one that was sort of trying to stop them from getting beyond into the back four. And then he was turning around and looking for a pass and there was nothing in the middle of the park. A lot of the times it had to go down the left-hand side or the right-hand side because that's where his centre mids moved out to. You saw um, Rogic on one side, Atati on the other. And you're just missing that drive in the middle of the park. So if McGregor is the one that has to sit really deep, we need one of those midfielders to commit to putting into that number eight position and just staying there. We've got enough of having someone on the left-hand side and having the full-back overlapping them just so that we can continue to make that break forward because we were going down the left-hand side on Sunday and hips were double-tripling upon us and that's how we didn't get any further forward. The ball just kept coming back to us. The, the ball did come back to us. I'm, I'm going to bring up this comment by Paula here. Paula here, um, Atati and Rogic were brutal against Hibs. Kalmat can't carry them all. I'm going to bring this back to you, Dan. One sub, though. Um, you, you're, you're, you're more experienced post a cogwheel watcher than uh, an us, but you surprised <laughs> that he only made one sub? Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't ruthless, was he? We've seen him in previous games sort of hook people at half-time and, and change it up, but... Yeah, it was a few decisions lately by Postacoglu has has sort of baffled me. It's just, you know, he's come out and I'm playing this way and if plan A don't work, then make it work better, things like this. And then he sort of hasn't – he sent that sort of reserve side out against Bodo. I wouldn't say reserve, but weakened side as as if he'd given up after giving it the whole, you know – or, you know, we're here to win everything. So a few things in the last few weeks have have baffled me and and the sub – Bringing someone on in that last match would have would have been better than than the the dross we got in the end. Brian, I'm going to come to yourself. Uh, the post match after the Bodo Glimp game, I, I, I was very um, I was disappointed. I, I thought Ange had maybe sold us a wee up there by saying that there was only half time in the game, and we were still going to win it. And the team that he put out. Um, for me, didn't give the impression that he was given that he was going to that, that they were attempting to win that game, but there was that he was holding something back. It was holding something back for that weekend. What I would actually say to anybody that argues that point is, do you believe if that Bodo Glimp game ended two one, that that starting eleven would have started in Norway? 
No. Bri- Brian. No, I think the interesting thing with, with Boss Cogley, especially his decision for the Bodo Glimp, I think he almost made a decision in spite of himself and then changed his mind because he saw him starting that game. He clearly, and he's probably thought to himself, right, play a sort of save my sort of best players for the weekend, right? But I think when he saw the performance, he, he, he couldn't take it. I think it annoyed him so much that he then threw on, you know, like McGregor, um, etc., to try and get a change. And he wanted it to work. And he almost think, I wish he could just... It, it seemed like he doubted himself, maybe, for the first time. Or, or you know, maybe he thought he should have done something different. So, uh, yeah, it's hard to say. It's, I, I agree with some of his decisions have been a, a wee bit strange, but it's easy, it's easy to criticise when you're watching, isn't it? It's easy to think, well, I would have done this or I would have done that. We, we, we don't know the situation, but I do agree that one sub was a strange one. That, that was more of a stranger decision for me than the team he plays against Bodo. Because I felt like there was a earlier in the season I was arguing with people because they were saying, Oh, make changes and get a result, but there wasn't a lot of changes that could have been made. Especially <coughs> in the first half season was so poor you think, well, changes for changes' sake, who's going to bring on? But there was plenty of options available um against Sibs. So that was a wee bit of a concern for me. Also his reaction, sort of our very own Don of Axel, the Wordsmith, Tony Haggerty asked him um about his decision and Possibly we can have hit back saying, oh, what game are you watching? The, the game played very well, etc. And I don't think that's right. I think he should have said we weren't really good enough the way he did with Bodo. So a couple of strange, maybe. I don't know what's going on, but hopefully it gets corrected tonight. That's the main thing. Colin, Paradise 63. Ange is a realist. He knew he couldn't beat Bodo with three goals. My argument there is... Again, if that game finishes 2-1, that starting 11 doesn't start. But when you look at the bench, I reckon Ange Postacoglu believed if we were one nothing up in that game with half an hour ago, he was bringing on the big guns. Absolutely. I, I don't think that um, Ange ever sees himself as being beat. I think that's just the mentality that he's got. He could be 5-0 down at half-time and he still doesn't see himself beat, which is it's a good sort of attitude to have. It's not a good position to find yourself in been 3-1 down after the first game, but I don't ever think that he thought at any point that we were going to be out of the tie. What I do think is he did have his his first eye on the league game at the weekend, but you still look at the forward line that was up there. He could have changed that forward line. He could have had um, some other players that that could have come in and made it maybe slightly weaker or uh, made it into a sort of reserve squad as as he was. Um, But it's all about what I've noticed about Ange is the team that played on Sunday won't be the team that plays tonight and it won't be the team that plays at the weekend. We always seem to change three or four players up. So there is this sort of constant rotation. He just made a couple of extra rotations for the game against Bodo Glimt with the, probably, with the fact in mind that it's been 3-1. But at no point I think he thought he was out of that tie. Perfect segue, Colin. That's an absolute perfect segue. I'm going to come back to Dan. Dan, Colin, say, Colin says, Ange Postacoglu believes in the system. He says it many a time. He says it yesterday in an interview with Celtic TV as well. He says it's not the individual players, it's the system that actually works. What changes and what's your team? What changes can you see Postacoglu making for tonight? And what um, what's your team for tonight? Yeah, right. That's a that's one a good one to throw to me. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we've touched on the midfield. It's your debut. I need to chuck you a curveball, mate. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We'll take it. Um, look, would I like to see O'Reilly in the midfield? Yes. If it's at the expense of Rogic, sure. But I don't have any any. How, how much did that hurt to see that done? <laughs> uh, painful, yeah, real painful. I don't, I don't like to say an ill word about Tam or Tommy, as has he's now been coined. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy boy, yeah, Tommy boy. Um, yeah, look, it's if Jack Jack Marcus isn't fit, so you'd be having Maida up top. Jota, I don't know, has his head been turned? Uh, have at the start, it was all bells and whistles, and, and Jota was going to sign. It was a done deal, but has, has something happened there because he's gone off the boil? As you said earlier, if he gets his first goal, first goal, if he gets a goal tonight, you know maybe we'll see an upturn in the last ten games from him and a permanent signing. Yeah, I mean on the right, Forrest is is nowhere, so we'd have whoever on the right because James Forrest. Oh my days, what happened to him? <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. Ah, uh, yes. Same at the back. Sorry. I, I, I think I think Forrest. I mean, we're, we're we're talking about options on Sunday, and I, and I don't think anybody saw Forrest as an actual option to come off the bench on Sunday. And I, and I think that I think that's poor. I, I'm going to chuck one 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 at you, Dan. Uh, I, I think Greg Taylor, and also uh, nobody's going to believe I'm going to say this, but I think Greg Taylor and Liam Scales have been poor the last couple of games for Celtic as well. And while yeah. I don't like Josip Juranovic on the on the left hand side, I can actually see Ralston and Juranovic being the two fullbacks tonight. Yeah, again, I mean, you want, want to pick a fight? I can't pick a fight with that, and I can't disagree. I mean, uh, is Juranovic a better left-back than Taylor when he's playing out of position? I think so. We are very weak on the left at the moment. You've got Juranovic and Rousen on the right. Why not have uh, the fireball, Josef Juranovic on the left and, and Rousen on the right? Can't disagree at all. Colin, who's your midfield? I can't believe you stole my thunder. That was going to be my big controversial Wait, was statement. That, was that your big one? Oh. I, I was, I was, wondering <laughs> Sorry, I was going to read Ranovic at left back. Um, now, midfield tonight, um, I'd go with Idiguchi, O'Reilly and McGregor as the three in midfield tonight. My midfield tonight, and this is going to surpri- probably going to surprise people again. Uh, now, it's not actually because I'm not putting beat on in the midfield, actually, now no, I look at my notes. Uh, I'm putting McGregor as, as the six, I'm playing Atati and I'm playing O'Reilly. That, that's, that, that's my midfield field three, Brian. Yourself? Uh, that's the midfield three. <coughs> but as I say, I'll, 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 I'll double, double down and call and say that I'll back Kevin, put Gucci, Kalmak and, and O'Reilly in the midfield. Um, although I would stick with Juranovic right back and Taylor left. I do agree Juranovic is better at left back than Taylor is at left back. However, if you've got Juranovic at left back cutting in his right foot and Jota doing it, it does limit your options out wide. But just for the dynamic, I would still take Greg Taylor and then just do me that I'm going to disagree there, Brian. What my point is playing Juranovic at left back is I think we lose something at Juranovic at left back, but over the last couple of games, Scales and Taylor haven't been decent. And I think Juranovic is possibly just a better option for this game at left back. Yeah. For I, I me, I can hear about the, the fact he's, he's better at left back, but my concern is how it affects the, the host left side. Yeah. Especially the shot have been right footed. That's my only concern is it does like dynamic work as well. But your spot on he's definitely better than Taylor and Scales at left back. But we don't really have a left winger. We've got a right winger playing left. So I just think if you've got 
too many right footers on the left side. I just don't know if that balance will work. I'm happy to be wrong, but I'm just not sure. What what I'd like to see tonight, but is if Ralston's on, then he is the target in the box. Because we, well, I mean, you go back to Stephen Welsh's goal against Betis and the Europa League, but in terms of league goals, do we have to go back to pretty much the first couple of weeks of the season before we scored a, from a corner? And that was a short one that um, uh, Kyogo tapped in. Our set pieces, when we get a set piece, there's just there's no target, man. At least what we've seen from Ralston this season is he gets himself in and about the box, he can throw himself at the ball. Otherwise, we're, we're getting 10 corners a game and they're just going to waste. So I think you're going to get a lot of corners tonight because St Mirren's going to be sitting on the back foot. At least having Ralston in there offers a target man that he can try and hit. It's quite weird calling Tony Ralston a target man, eh? <laughs> Dan, Dan I mean, what was Poster Coglu's teams like in Australia and his national team with set plays? Because if, if we're actually being brutally honest here, the set plays have been woeful. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we get, a, we get a corner kick and you go, well, you may as well just take a short corner because there's no use putting it into the box. Yeah, correct. You feel like you have to walk it in from the corner. There's just no... Are we missing Julianne with his big noggin? You know, and his goals offensively, that could be one of the things. Yeah. yeah. That's another shout to put him in tonight. I mean, we've been looking for a game to sort of give him the 60, 70 minutes. Tonight tonight might not be a bad shout for that as well. Maybe rest someone like Carter Vickers. Mm, that, That is a shout. That is a shout. Well, hopefully... I want a performance and an early goal tonight, settle the nerves and maybe see a free-flowing performance by Celtic, something to actually settle all, all our nerves. We're not going to be back on to next Wednesday, obviously, but I'm going to put this final question to you all. I would be extremely happy sitting on Monday morning still being three points in front. Everybody agreed? Mm-hmm. If we get the, if that is the minimum we had is three points in front on Monday morning, I'm going to be extremely happy, and we've had because that means we've had two good games. That being said, Mona Saints and Mona Dons. <laughs> <laughs> I can even tell you who Rangers are playing. I can they're playing Celtic in Australia in November, seemingly. Some, but I don't think we've I don't think we've discussed that enough. Eh? Eh, right, let's, go, let's go back through some of the comments before we end up. Stay a mind, Dan. Welcome to the show. Fantastic debut. I think we can all say, lads, eh, it's been a great debut for Dan. Eh, Alan oh, Robertson. You. Alan Robertson reckons I gave you a hospital pass with that, with, with that question. I probably did. Uh, but I'm going to come back to this one to end off, with the, end off today. Daniel F. Also, well done, Axum. Finally, a, a, a decent bit of eye candy and Dan. That's only Thank with you. my hat on. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for watching your comments and, and that. And hopefully tonight, we've got the pre-match tonight, post-match, get involved, get liking the channel and get subscribing. Come on the cells, hail, hail and see you all later.
mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.